0: scripture is from John chapter 3, verses 14 14 through 21. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so must the human one be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him won't perish but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him isn't judged. Whoever doesn't believe in him is already judged because they do not believe in the name of God's only son. This is the basis for judgment. The light came into the world, and people love darkness more than the light, for their actions are evil. All due to the wicked things and hate, the wicked things hate the light and don't come to light for fear that their actions will be exposed to the light whoever does this does the truth comes to light so comes to the light so can that it can't be seen through their actions where done is God word of God for the people of God thanks be to God
1: Well, good morning. Thank you all so much. I know some of you pushed that snooze and almost went back to bed, but but you got here, and I appreciate that. Fred Craddock says every Sunday, he says, to, to preachers, this is old, uh, he passed away not too long ago. He was a great preacher, and he said this to his students. He said, every Sunday, preach like you know they almost didn't come. So I appreciate you being here, um, And it is a good day uh, to be here. I know people are on the road. It's spring break. It's Daylight Savings Time. Wes, I think next year I'm going to get Wes to preach on Daylight Savings Time. He sounded like he might be interested in that. Um, But uh, I'm going to try to get right to the point, though, and reward you so we can hang out with those Girl Scouts and get some Girl Scout cookies as well. Snakes. Now, that will wake you up on Daylight Savings Time, won't it? Um, Just yesterday I was... Mowing the lawn and uh, uh, weed eating all the weeds and kind of getting my yard nice and uh, tidy. And I looked over at my neighbor and it just immediately I thought about this. I said, now watch out for, sta- for snakes. And she said, oh yeah, we got a lot of snakes in this neighborhood. No doubt. And that kind of got me nervous. I kind of put it my way and it went back inside. Um, uh, I'm a lot like Sid. I, I, I don't love snakes um, I don't mind looking at snakes from a, from a distance. I remember ruining a canoe trip on the Okotoma about eight years ago. Me and Jen and Trip and Susanna got in the canoe and, and the, it was sort of low and we were kind of plowing through a little bit. And it was about this time of year, maybe in April, and I said, ooh, we might see a snake or two. It'll be cool, won't it? And boy, they all just kind of got out and said, that's it. We're going home. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that at all. Um, it might be a little bit early and a little bit cool yet to see snakes, but you know you're going to see them. Well, we, we live in a part of the country and a part of the state where there are lots of little slithery uh, creatures uh, coming on the ground. I have a preacher friend who uh, used to be a third-grade teacher. And one day, uh, the schedule abruptly changed, and at lunch, she knew she was going to have her kids about 20 minutes longer than she had planned. And... Uh, she asked all her teachers. I I've got nothing. I mean, what can I do? Because, you know, you, you got to plan every minute of a third grader's life in school. You teachers know that. And they said, oh, just ask them if they've ever seen a snake. If you do that, they will go on and on. And she didn't believe it until she asked them if they had any snake stories. And every hand went up, including the kids that never talk in class. We've all got snake stories, no doubt. Well, Israel... Israel, the, the faith and tr- tradition that Jesus uh, grew out of, came out of, had a few snake stories to tell. One uh, comes from Numbers 21. It says this From Mount Hor, they set out by way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. Now, they were in the wilderness here. But the people became impatient along the way. The people spoke against God and Moses Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there was no food and no water. We detest this miserable food. There's not only, there's not only no food, but we hate the food we're getting. I, I don't know how that can be true, but that's what they said to Moses. Then the Lord sent poisonous serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We've sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord to take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. So Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it on a pole. And whenever a serpent bit someone, the person could look at the serpent of bronze and live. Now, this is a weird snake story if I've ever heard it. I can't believe it's in the Old Testament. It sounds like some, some Shaman might say, not, not some leader of, the, of Israel's people, some monotheists who study the law. So, to put it in context, they're in the wilderness, and they had been released from slavery, which is great. They're on their way to the Promised Land, but then they learn what all of us learn when we set on a new, new journey. Wherever you go... There you are, right? Whatever new turn or new corner you're about to turn in life, it's the same you. You can't get away from your problems. You can't get away from your complaints. It's kind of the old saying, look, you can take, you can take people out of Egypt, but you can't get the Egypt out of the people, right? And so they complain. They get impatient and hateful and snarky. And they tell Moses, we hate your food. We wish we'd been back. At least in Egypt, we got three square meals. What are you doing taking us out here? And then God sends a plague of snakes, poisonous snakes. And that gets their attention. When they cry for help, the plague of snakes is not removed. But they're told to look at this bronze serpent and they will be healed of the poison. Now, it's a terribly odd story, but it does get our attention and it captured Jesus imagination too and he used the bronze snake as a way of saying look upon the serpent look upon the lifted up on a cross look upon me like the serpent on a on a stake there i am to be looked upon to be gazed upon to be adored and you will find you'll find healing now snakes in ancient ancient stories spook them as much as it does us because snakes were um, connected with evil and darkness and pain and suffering. And Adam and Eve, they got it made, right? They're in the Garden of Eden. They can do anything they want. All, they don't, they, all God said was don't eat of the fruit of the tree of, evil, of, of, of goodness and uh, evil, the knowledge of good and evil. And uh, something slithers up to them and says, did God really say that? Come on. And all of a sudden, the serpent tricks Adam and Eve into doing the one thing that they didn't need to do to mess things up, and they did. They did. And you know the rest of the story. They took the bait. It's telling that Jesus uses a snake story, uses a snake story as the preamble to the most famous quote in the Bible. This may be the most famous quote of all time. I bet you know it. For God so loved the... That he gave his only so that whoever what, believes in him will not but have etern- everlasting life, eternal life. Today's theme continues on the theme of weightlifting. And boy, do we need the, the, the weight of death taken off of our shoulders. The weight of death going from death to life. Is there a connection? This is what I want to know, because like in the Old Testament, is there a connection to our thoughts, to our words, to our attitudes, and our relationship to death and life? Is it that dramatic? Is it that serious? And Jesus said it's as serious as snakes. Jesus might say, um, well, you know, we know, and, and, and snakes are very serious. Now, three things jump at me, jump out at me with Jesus talking about snakes right before he goes to 316. You know, he's having a conversation with Nicodemus uh, in the dark. Three things that just kind of pop out, hop out at me, or maybe slither up to me as I think about this text. Jesus seems to be saying that eternal life is about choice. Our choice. We are not pawns in some great game playing out. We're not puppets being connected with strings. All of us, no matter where we are in life, no matter what we're doing, we, we, we all have the power to choose. We live in the land of whosoever will, right? Whosoever will. Now, that sounds like a decision that we make. Now, God has already laid it out to us, right? Here's light. Have it. You don't have to stay in the darkness. Here is life. You don't have to linger in death. But it is our choice to make. In Deuteronomy 30, 11 through 16, this is what Moses says right at the end, right before he dies. And I love it because I think it's a great echo of what Jesus is talking about um, uh, today. I'll make sure I have it right. It's uh, Deuteronomy 30, 11 through 16. Moses says, this is right before he dies. Surely this commandment that I am commanding you today is not too hard for you, nor is it too far away. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will go up to heaven for us and get it so that we may hear it and observe it. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will cross to the other side of the sea for us and get it for us so that we may hear it and observe it. No, says Moses, the word is very near to you. It is in your mouth. And it goes on and on with the warning uh, as well. But you get the point. It is not too far from you. It is not away from you. This choice is something that you can make. Here's a good invitation as we kind of make our last lap around Lent and prepare for Easter. Take responsibility for what's going on in your life. Respond to what is happening in your life. Look for the snakes that are slithering up next to you and whispering deception in your ears. Look for them. And if you have a hoe, chop it up. Or if you're more merciful, just shoe it and let it go, right? Don't mess around with snakes. Most people who get bit by snakes don't get attacked by snakes, right? What do they do? They get too close. They start playing around. Don't ever grab a snake by the tail, right? Let your snakes go. God, what are some attitudes, thoughts in my life that are slithering up into me that, that, that's diminishing my eternal life that you've given me already? What's creeping in on me that's leading to confusion or complaint? What attitudes, thoughts, or occurring words keep infesting your life? Name them and invite them to leave. You and I, we are walking in the land of whosoever will. Take responsibility for your life. Now we're pretty good about taking responsibility for the snakes in other people's life. Have you noticed that? Every now and then I'll I'll I'll, I'll preach up a storm, and somebody will come into come to me and say, "I am so glad you preached that. I'm so glad such and such was here. I'm glad she heard that because she really did need to hear that." Bruce, thank you. Keep preaching like that, and I'm thinking, whoa, 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 whoa. Now I'm not preaching for other people. When I preach, I preach to myself. I think about the snakes that I've got to let go of and chop up. And um, don't be so worried about other people's snakes, right? Think about your own snakes. Forget about other people. So, the first thing is to choose this day what kind of life you're gonna live. I have set before you life and death. Let God lift up this condition of death that's upon us. I'm not talking about the last day you take your breath, by the way, but I'm talking about death, right? I'm talking about a condition of not being fully alive, not being completely open. And thanks be to God, there's something we can do about that kind of death, which is really worse than the physical kind of death because we know that that only has so much power. I think the worst thing that can happen to me, to us in this life, is to live that sort of half-lived life that, like in Moby Dick, it was talking about. The half-lived life. That is the misery that is knocking on all of our door. Recognize it and let it go and make a decision. The second thing I want us to think about today is embrace eternal life now. Just what Sid said. Eternal life is a present tense reality. It's not something we hope for. If you go back and look at John 3.16, it doesn't say and they will that they will have eternal life one day. It's that they may have it. And the implication in the verb in the Greek is now. Your eternal life starts right now. It is a life lived in the unending presence of God. Whether you're having a mountaintop day or whether you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you can have eternal life right now. And because of passages like this, my my creed is this. I believe in life before death. It can happen before we die. Oh yeah, life after death too. But don't wait until you die to live. Live now. God has an immense love for this world. For God so loved the world. Not the next one, but this one. God didn't wait, send Christ, send the embodied presence of God, flesh and blood to us at a future date. But now, in this life, God so loved this world. I guess it's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of perspective. If you look at that word, it kind of tells you everything you need to know. Perspective. Per means Through. Spective is spectacle or uh, separe, the Latin word, and it's basically to see, to see through. What, how, what are you looking through to see life? Isn't it interesting that both the snake in the Old Testament was both the source of poison and toxicity and the source of truth and forgiveness and love? See, People can look at the same thing and see very different things in their life because it's a matter of your perspective. What are you looking through? Like, what does your windshield look like in your faith? And is it time maybe to take that squeegee and pull some things off? Because after a while, the windshield gets so dirty in our life that we think we're looking at creation when we're really looking, at dead, looking through dead bugs. And sometimes our perspective needs uh, to change. Well, the choice is yours. The ball is in your court. So make the right choice. Take responsibility for your life, not other people's life. Like row your own boat, let other people row theirs. Kill your own stakes and let other people kill theirs. Make the choice. Remember today that eternal life starts now. You may not feel like a floating angel with wings, but I'm telling you, the rest of your eternal life starts today. And the people that you love, they are eternal creatures created in the image of God, the very image of God. Some of this stuff, like sort of late in this scripture, boy, there's a lot of condemnation and judgment going on, but you remember this. That all that judgment, condemnation, is not coming from God. It's coming from us. Us who are trying to be God. Trying to take back that sinner tree of the good and evil. Not noticing that slither snake. You see, God is asking us to believe and trust that what Jesus says about God is true. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And what is that truth? Truth. Our God is not some lightning bolt striker waiting to strike you down. In fact, God is just the opposite, says Jesus. Jesus Christ revealed that God is merciful and loving and patient with you, with me, and even with the people who are surrounded by snakes right now. Believe God and trust Trust that God is who Jesus says he is. Start your eternal life right now. And take responsibility. You make the choice. That is an awesome Linton invitation for all of us. So, does anybody here have any good snake stories? Whatever they are, let them go. Get rid of them. Christ has got better things in store for you and for me. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, uh, like the rain that was hitting the roof just a few minutes ago, God, you have lavished your love upon us. Even on this rainy daylight savings time day, we we can see that and we can feel it if we choose to. God, if need be, give us corrective vision surgery. Help give us a new perspective and help us to see, to look down and see where the snakes may be, but even more important, to look up and to see what you lifted up for each of us and all of us. Lord God, thank you that you love the world so much that you gave your only Son that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have eternal life now. Amen.